What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Thursday. Happy Browns. Jets Day. The Browns are favored. Incredible. God, what a time to be alive. Hugh Jackson is 132-1 and in his career as Browns coach, and he's catching, he's given three points on Thursday night. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. We have a, well, it's not a jam-packed show. It's a great show coming up, um, but it's not jam-packed because jam-packed would involve like multiple people in play. Instead, it's just me and John Breach hanging out. Um, well, you're listening on a Thursday morning. We're hanging out on a Wednesday night. Breacher, what's up, buddy? Hey, man, I feel like I'm here. I bring a jam-packed show on my own. You, you put us together. We're like Voltron uh, podcast, man. You That's just... a good call. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to denigrate the podcast by any – or like the combination of us talking on the on the podcast. It was more just – you know, like if you say jam-packed, it implies like multiple segments. Although we are going to do a couple of different things. We're going to talk about news. We're going to, of course, John, preview the Thursday night football game that we totally talked about previewing before we started doing this podcast. Um, and then we're going to rank – the two and O teams and the O and two teams, two, we'll, we'll, the two and O teams, like who's most likely to miss the playoffs, and then the O and two teams, who's most likely to make the playoffs. I wrote a story on the latter uh, for CBS that's up on the site. First things first. So, oh yeah, well, first things first. You can follow the podcast at Pick Six Pod. Have you seen the, the the social videos that we're doing on this thing? Have you seen these chats, the NFL chats, John? Um, I saw one of them last week, which was hilarious. So our social team, someone's on their game there running that account. Uh, one of them was hilarious, but I've only seen one. So in my mind, they're one for one right now. I don't want to spoil it. The one that they just put out, it's like, and you were working, they put it out like an hour before we started recording this on Wednesday night. It's like an NFL smack chat or an NFL group chat. It's basically like a slack room with NFL teams. Go look at it. I laughed. I, I literally laugh every time I watch it. Uh, it's at pick six pod on Twitter. You can also rate review and, uh, and, and bang that five star button for this podcast. If you like it, appreciate all you guys doing that it means a lot. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get to the news. There's not a lot of news. The Eagles did sign Jordan Matthews. Um, as Cody Benjamin, our colleague, points out, they only have three healthy wide receivers. Uh, RJ White and I were, were talking about certain games, looking at the Super Contest odds, which are the Lions, which just came out. I went 0-5. I don't know if I mentioned that uh, last week. Very proud of that. But um, Kamar Aiken started for the Eagles last week against the, the Buccaneers. Maybe maybe we all should have bet on the Bucks when Kamar Aiken and Nick Foles are starting for the Eagles along with uh, Nelson Aguilar. And then, did you know that they employed tight end Josh Perkins? I did not. I uh, no, I also did not. And that's the other thing about this Sunday's game is not only do you have a bunch of wide receivers pulled off the street, but you have Carson Wentz, who's going to have zero chemistry with any of these guys because he has been out for nine months. Uh, and now that we're talking about this, I kind of want to change my pick from the Eagles to the Andrew Lux, man. This is, this, I mean, they don't have any receivers. You're signing Jordan Matthews in week three, and obviously he's familiar with the team, but still, uh, it's not a good situation for the Eagles offense. Yeah, and the Colts defense actually played really well against, uh, against Washington, and it looked good. Um, they've got, they got some players on that Colts defense. Darius Leonard, the rookie, second round rookie, um, out of South Carolina State was making plays. I tweeted out a thing where he, he basically like, the, the Redskins got first and 20 or first and first and first, yeah, first and 10 on the 20 inside the Colts red zone. And Leonard basically single handedly, uh, stopped them from, from doing, from getting a touchdown and just shut them down on three straight downs and made him kick a field goal. Very impressive stuff. Marcus Hunt is playing very well. Matt Eferbliss, Eferbliss, Eberfliss. How do we pronounce his name? I don't know. 
the defensive coordinator from uh, from Dallas, Matt Eberflus. I think it's Matt Eberflus. That's what we'll go with. Eberflus is doing a really good job uh, calling the defensive plays and setting them up. And I think Frank Wright and Nick Serrani have done an excellent job on the offensive end. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. The Eagles. And by the way, Jordan Matthews, great line. He, he became a dad when he was up in Buffalo, and he was asked about it. He said, there's not much to do except each other. I mean, <laughs> what do you say to that? It's so true, though. It is so true. I mean, you just drink fireball, break tables and have sex, I guess. And that's the thing. Buffalo might not sound like like a hot honeymoon spot, but man, you go there. You know what you're getting? You get Niagara Falls and and you you hang out in your honeymoon suite all day. (laughs) I like this. We're spin Buffalo. You should tweet that. Buffalo should be the new, um, the new hot honeymoon spot. Eric Dickerson believes that Hall of Fame Players, the group on the Hall of Fame board, all Hall of Fame players, in fact, deserve a $300,000 salary from the NFL in perpetuity. And if they're dead, then they're, they're basically their estate. I think he wants their estate to get it because Reggie White's wife is on this thing. Um, on a scale of one to 300,000, how likely is this to happen? Uh, is one the least likely yes, or is one is least likely? <laughs> 1.1. This is absolutely <laughs> Absurd. And this is like, this is coming from someone who absolutely sympathizes with former players. My dad played for 13 years. So this is something I grew up with watching what uh, happens to former players. And, but this is just the worst idea, the most selfish idea. Hey, we're the best players. We made the most during our career. Uh, we're the guys that can charge $20,000 on autograph signing because we're Hall of Famers. So basically, we have the best chance to make money in retirement, and hey, we want $300,000 on top of it. Honestly, this is an idea that feels, if Terrell Owens would have said this, I would have been like, Mm. boom. Now, this is a a T.O. idea, but Eric Dickerson, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm with you. It's like, and I I know that a lot of people have said, it sounds like Eric Dickerson basically, like, the guys who need the $300,000 are the guys who aren't Hall of Famers. You know, right. like the rest of the people, the 1% don't need the $300,000. So I, I'm with you. I thought that was a little odd. Uh, he also eventually wants to get health care for every single player who has ever played in the NFL. Good luck with that. Um, Jay Feely tweeted out that they had, you know, they tried to look at it. Just it's not feasible. Um, that, that's a whole mess that they're still going to have to deal with. Elsewhere in financial news, the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey is refusing to pay a better. I find this fascinating. Um, this guy named uh, Anthony Prince basically is he's, so he's sitting in the FanDuel Sportsbook and they're live betting Raiders-Broncos game last week. Case Keenum completes a pass down to the 18-yard line with the, with the Broncos trailing the Raiders 19-17. to This sets up a Brandon McManus field goal. There's a timeout called. Prince notices he, that he can live bet on the game, and there's been an error on the input section of the of the live betting thing at the, the kiosk at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the odds, instead of being minus 600 for the Broncos to win, because all Brandon McManus has to do is hit a chip shot field goal, the odds are plus 75,000. So he runs up and he puts $110 on it, which I hadn't even thought about this, and I'll get to, we'll get to it in a second. But anyway, so he, he, he wins the ticket, and he's supposed to pay $82,000, and he goes to collect it, and the FanDuel Sportsbook's like, we're not paying you that. And he throws a big fit, and he calls the news, and he, he's threatening to call the gaming commission in, in New Jersey, and he's going to call a lawyer, and he's going to sue him. Um, a couple of problems here, John. Uh, one... I get that people are siding with the better because nobody wants to side with the house, but you can't reasonably 
expect to wager $110 on Brandon McManus to make a 37 or 40 yard field goal at home in a week two game against a team with bad special teams, um, with 75,000 to one or like 75,000 to one odds. Like that, you know, doesn't seem fair or even, you know, 750 to one, whatever it is. It doesn't really seem like a, a rational thing. Two, why did he only bet a hundred dollars on it? Like, well, what? you don't you don't want to bet too much, or maybe they're gonna. That's what I'm know, saying. That's, that's a red flag. It's that's a red what I'm flag. saying. Like he, but if you bet a thousand, he's like, I'd like my eight hundred thousand dollars now. They're like, hell no. If he bet ten bucks on it, he might have gotten away with it. You know, here's the thing: is that if I am FanDuel Sportsbook, I'm paying this off because they have already hit eighty two thousand dollars times like a thousand in bad publicity here. Like, hey, I'm gonna be in New York, New Jersey area, New York City for a bachelor party next week. We might be hitting up a sports book. I'll tell you that FanDuel is on the list. It's not anymore. So they already lost wow. at least one potential better. But I'll tell and, you. Oh, and then number two here is if you reverse this, let's say that he had bet $110 and gotten like negative 2,000 odds when it should have been negative 600, and he explained to FanDuel that they made a mistake. Do you think they would have uh, made up for that? I don't think they would have. Mm. So if the glitch had been reverse. Um, so it's $82,000. Sports gambling, betting in a sports book has only been legal for about six months. That's not a black eye I would want to take if I'm FanDuel this early in the, you know, this all becoming legal. So I would pay it off, even though I do agree that it is preposterous that this happened and it was obviously a glitch. Uh, but in this one instance, I would have paid it off. Um, worth noting that, uh, I was, I was, I was checking with somebody about this, just talking with somebody about this on DM. I don't want to mention them just because. Um, uh, you know, he didn't, I didn't ask him if I could mention this, but he's like, you know, he, he pointed out that, um, in order to make the 83K that they would have paid out, they need to get like an extra 1.1 million in total handle. And so it's not, it's actually like mathematically not worth it to, to, to pay it out from a perspective of actually breaking even on a financing. I get the PR angle. I do think it's worth noting, and I wrote this in the story, um, FanDuel's house rules, Read, where a blatant or palpable error is made in offers made, prices offered, or bets accepted, or in the transmission of any event on which we are purported to offer live betting, bets may be settled at the correct price at the time at which the bet was placed, as determined by FanDuel Sportsbook. When you play at the house, John, you got to play by the house rules. Now, one more thing is that this guy is crazy, the guy that won the ticket, because... FanDuel offered him $500 and several tickets to multiple Giants home games, and he knew that his ticket was a glitch. He yeah. knew it probably wasn't going to get paid out, and he turned that. I would have taken that in a second. I yes. probably wouldn't have gone to the Giants games because I'm not sure I could sit through multiple games of watching that offense. <laughs> but still, $500 and multiple NFL tickets is a pretty good makeup for uh, look, what happened. It's a great makeup. And look, like you can't even scout the like, – those giant tickets are worth minus six hundred in value. Like, <laughs> like you can like they're they're say like one hundred thirty five on them. The problem is he was going to get paid eighteen dollars on the ticket. Like he like that's what the real odds were. He was going to collect one hundred and twenty eight dollars, including his hundred and ten that he put in. Um, I'm with you. You should have taken it. And he also tried to act like he didn't know what had happened. Or he's like, I wasn't really watching the game. I just saw the odds and thought I bet. It's like that's that's not true. Like and, and then yeah yeah. Well, I was going to say even worse for Fanduel is that you had this ticket in Vegas. Uh, this week where the guy bet five dollars and won eighty five grand. So it's a completely different situation obviously, but yeah. the it still looks bad. Right, exactly. Um 
any other – oh, the Ravens were fine. This happened while I was out getting uh, – uh, speaking of being a cheapskate, I was out at Chewy's eating a free nacho bar. Um, we always go to Chewy's because you, – you, do you have a Chewy's in Nashville at all? We do not have a Chewy's. I don't even know what Chewy's is. Chewy's is like a Tex-Mex place. It comes from Austin. They have one in Raleigh, but from 5 to 7 p.m. on weekdays, they have a, they have this little Cadillac, like a, the back end of a Cadillac, like a fake Cadillac thing that they open and they fill up as a nacho bar, and it's free. Oh, that so sounds I just, delicious. I just go and eat nachos for dinner. And, like, I mean, my wife, not, I'm not by myself creeping out at Chewy's. Like, like, AK and Robbie are there, too. But, like, I don't buy a $17 or $12 burrito entree. I just eat a, a pile of nachos. Um, I, a nacho bar. I mean, like, if I had known a nacho bar existed, I would have had that at my wedding. That is unbelievable. I have to come visit you sometime, Brenton. You should. You should. Hit up the uh, nacho bar. But so the Ravens got fined $200,000, huh? I mean, this situation, maybe they need to place an illegal bet at FanDuel because <laughs> they, they just keep owing the NFL money. I think in the story I wrote, I was doing the math. This team has paid $700,000 in fines over the past three years. That's uh, insane. And apparently – you know, this is the one. The other two ones were OTAs. They got stripped of a few practices, had to pay some fines. But this one actually made some sense. I'm not going to rip them too bad. So what they did was when you're on the field, when players are on the field, you can only have one helmet that can communicate with a coach. Sure. So one on defense, one on offense. Uh, and what the Ravens did during the preseason is they had a point where they had multiple helmets that were communicating with the coach, which is illegal. So – they didn't specify what happened, but, you know, when you look at their roster and what they were doing at the preseason with Lamar Jackson, mm. it feels like that was probably something like that. Uh, you know, he's on the field all the time. He doesn't remember to switch his helmet, and boom, now they owe $200,000. Mm, that actually makes a lot of sense, or at least, like, they were, try- they were they were using multiple helmets in order to try and max it, sneak past the old, uh, the old, the old, the old rule book there, and it, and it backfired on them. Um, but like, who's cheating in a preseason game on purpose? You know, John I mean, Harlan, I guess the Ravens are undefeated. Are, you have that streak. That's a, are undefeated in the preseason. Yeah, exactly. And those are my Ravens. Those are my Ravens. They need to win this week um, to get to two and one. If they lost to your Bengals, in order for uh, in order for me to maximize my chance at hitting that over. Um, okay, so the Jets and. The Browns are going to play. Very excited for this game. I mean, I'm kind of excited for this game. Is that weird that I'm excited for this game? Uh, no, not. I mean, it is weird, but it's <laughs> not because, like, how how often do you get excited for a Browns game? And now that they've almost beat the Saints, they tied the Steelers. I'm excited for the Browns. Period. Hugh Jackson gets fired if he loses this game. True or false? False, but should be true. Mm. Browns are minus three and at minus one fifteen. So there's a little bit more juice on that. I don't think it'll move to three and a half. If it does, personally, if it does move to three and a half, I would take the Jets in a heartbeat um, because I think this would be a close game. The over-under is 40. That's very low. It should be a slop fest. Thursday night games are always slow. You shouldn't bet against the home teams on Thursday night. I get it. But, man, I can't, John, I can't in good conscience talk myself into taking a Browns team where Hugh Jackson is giving away points. I mean, he's 132 and one. I, I mean, this is the worst. This is the type of game you don't want to bet ever. Obviously, people love the bet, but like, because if you like the Browns, you're stuck betting on the Browns, which has been throwing away money for the past two years. Hugh Jackson is still there, and he—if anyone can coach their team out of a win, it is Hugh Jackson. You know, they talk about uh, 
clinching a loss out of the jaws of defeat. <laughs> that's that's Hugh Jackson. He's the only coach that successfully does that every single week. The Browns probably be 2-0 right now if they had a kicker or Hugh Jackson, one or the other, because Hugh could help this kicker uh, with some better coaching. So, Brinson, I'm like you, man. I like the Browns, but whew. Worth noting giving three points is a lot. Yeah, worth noting that Hugh Jackson is two and zero against the spread this year, but in his prior two has he been there? Yes, he's been there. This is his third year, right? Yes, because he's one fifteen and then zero and sixteen. Um, he is now a combined ten and twenty four against the spread in in his time as Cleveland coach. They don't ever cover. And they don't really ever come close. That's according to TeamRankings.com, an excellent resource uh, there. I don't think if I was involved in if if I'm involved, like I don't uh, now is I mean we can find some DFS plays I guess for Thursday night. This, this feels like a bad time to do DFS. Um, but I think if you're if you're trying to decide on start or sit for your fantasy team. Uh, you shouldn't mess with either quarterback. Sam Darnold and Tyrod Taylor should not be in your lineup. I don't think – I would expect that the Jets' defense is going to be pretty good. Jarvis Landry, if he plays, is somebody you probably have to start. Quincy Nunwa is somebody that I would probably play as well. I will be starting Carlos Hyde in, in several leagues, I think, unless, um, you know, you know, unless I can – Maybe talk myself into Deion Lewis instead, but he's got the Jaguars this week. Uh, you know, Isaiah Crowell has actually been pretty good, but the Browns have a good front four. Bilal Powell PPR could be an option. And, um, and, uh, you'll never guess who's, you'll never guess who sprinted into my office, John. That's right. Is it a cat or is it your son? It's right. Oh, we got a cameo. Say hi, Mr. John. Okay. Time for you to go upstairs and daddy be up there in a minute. Thanks. All right. Um, I would, uh, I would not, I would start the Browns DST and, um, I would probably start the Jets too. I would, uh, you know, if you need, if you need DST help, any thoughts on those? I, I, no, I, I think you absolutely start the Browns. D- the only reason I'm picking the Browns is because their defense is so good. I, I think the Browns are going to absolutely terrorize the Browns defense. It's going to terrorize the Jets tomorrow. Uh, so that's the only reason I'm sticking with them at all. And one more thing about Hugh Jackson, since we were just talking about the gambling odds, Hugh Jackson, one and one, a 500 record in non-Sunday games. Mm. Important was, fact. I thought he's one. In, I thought he's one and oh. What's and the, they played a Thursday game in 2016, and they mm. lost that. Won the Saturday game. Uh, so I mean, one and one. That's that's not oh thirty two and one, which I think he is in the other games. Uh, that's a good point. So maybe it's just he's not good on Sundays. That's not good if you're an NFL coach. But hey, it's a fair point, Breach. Um, if you want to watch the Browns and Jets game, and you don't want to watch it live, but you want to, you don't want to spend three and a half hours watching the Browns and Jets game, but you want to watch the Browns and Jets, I would recommend you go to NFL.com backslash pick six and sign up. For a free seven-day trial of NFL Game Pass. That's right, free seven days. You could sign up on Thursday or sign up on Friday, whatever you want to do, and you can bang out the condensed version. You can find out everything that happened in this game without staying up and being mad about staying up to watch Browns Jets. I mean, maybe you're just somebody who's got a life and, and kids that, that sprint into your office and try and jump on your podcast or whatever. Um, you, you can figure out a way to watch football games in a shorter amount of time, 40 minutes, condensed version. If you want to watch the whole thing but just don't want to watch it on Thursday night, you, or maybe you're out at a wedding or, or, or some party or some uh, religious holiday, anything, you know, you maybe you got something going on. 
You can watch the full broadcast version. And, and once uh, the weekend rolls around, you can watch that sweet, sweet all 22 of the Browns, Jets, every game available in all those forms. NFL Game Pass is a must-have. Get your free seven-day trial. Go to NFL.com backslash pick six. Okay, John, let's rank these 0-2 teams and these 2-0 and teams. Let's do you want to start with the, the crappy teams or start with the good teams first? Uh, we got to start with the crappy teams, I Let's think, right? Yeah, sure. Um, can we agree that the bottom two teams are the same? I, I'm 100% sure we're going to agree. You name one and I'll name one. Buffalo. Arizona? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Who else, uh, who else would be the, and we're, we're, by the way, we're looking at only 0 and 2 teams. If you're 0, 1 and 1, like the Browns are, and the Browns, by the way, have a better point differential than the Steelers, so they're technically in third place, I think. We're not counting 0-1-1. Um, so that leaves us with four teams, the Raiders, Texans, Seahawks, Giants, and Lions. Who – how would you rank those – okay, who are your next two after that? Like who's the worst next worst teams behind the – So our worst team is the Bills-Cardinals yep. combo, hybrid. Yep. Uh, next for me is the Giants. I mean, when I watch the Giants, it's mind boggling that they're not better. You know, there's no excuses this year. Last year we saw Odell get hurt, no running game. Uh, it was just a, a, a garbage fire the whole season. And now there's no excuses. They're not any better. They look completely lost. Uh, so the Giants are next for me. Yeah. I actually had the Giants higher than that. I went with the, um, the Lions. And the Raiders, and we're doing this on the likelihood that these teams can make the playoffs. Like, how, like, who's the third, who's the third and fourth team to make the playoffs? I put the Raiders at fourth because they have no defense. I'm not sure if Derek Carr is good. They have a really tough division right now. The Chiefs, uh, uh, Chargers, and Broncos all look like they can be very dangerous. And I just don't think that, uh, that the Raiders can do much, even if they have a decent running game in Mari Cooper. I just think they're going to be bad all year long. And, uh, I like the under on the Raiders wins as well at eight. Feeling pretty good about that right now that they certainly could have won against the Broncos, as we mentioned earlier. I had the Raiders fourth and then I had the Lions because I just think their defense is trash too. And their division is impossible. Like they're not going to leapfrog the Vikings and the Packers and they're, and they're definitely not going to leapfrog the Bears who look like a much better team. So I actually had the Giants at third and I was surprised I had him ranked that high. Uh, well, Lions and Raiders, I agree. Here's one thing about the Raiders. I have, I think I have the Raiders higher than you. We might have to start at the top so everybody doesn't get confused here. Yeah, you're right. Um, All right, so let's, let's, let's list our top four crappy teams. <laughs> top so four my, 0-2 teams. Who are your top two now? So my, my, my two best ones. Yes. Are the Seahawks. Yep. At number one. And then the Texans. Yep. I think both teams, the Texans, the Texans are just in a wide open division. I think, uh, behind Jacksonville, who knows what's there. Deshaun Watson is going to figure things out at some point. He just looks a little uncomfortable so far. Uh, but he seems to be inching closer, playing a little better each week. And nine games could end up winning the AFC South unless Jacksonville just destroys everyone and goes 15 and one. Uh, so I do like the Texans a lot. And then the Seahawks, like, I don't know what's going on there. I think Russell Wilson hates his offensive coordinator. They don't have an offensive line, so I don't know I think they're any good at all. But I, I just don't like the NFC West. I think Arizona's bad. I think the 49ers are average. Uh, their defense is horrible, even though you know Jimmy's looked good. Uh, so Seahawks, the best 0-2 team for me. Texans, 
Raiders, Lions, Giants, Cardinals, Bills, in that order. Okay, yeah, we should have just done the full order instead of trying to do it in groups of two. Uh, you know, I looked at all the 0-2 teams who had made the playoffs um, since 2013. There's been at least one team every year. In 2015, there were actually two of them. The Seahawks did it then, and the Texans, interestingly enough. So Bill O'Brien and Pete Carroll have both done this before. And the thing that really stuck out to me is that um, – you have to have sort of a veteran quarterback or a higher-end quarterback most of the time. Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Brian Hoyer's the, the exemption there, uh, or the exception there. Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, you could also say he's one. And then Drew Brees in terms of the quarterbacks who have done it. And then I, the other thing that stuck out to me, John, about teams that made the playoffs after a bad start is that most of them played opponents in the first two weeks that were surprisingly good or or maybe not surprisingly good but like 19 and 13 22 and 10 26 and 6 17 and 15 was the worst record of those teams 24 7 and 1 and 26 and 6 so it's like the teams that they played went on to have really good seasons the saints last right. year lost to the vikings and the, and the and the patriots both of whom went 13 and 3 so we had this stilted view of the saints based on who they'd lost to you know they're like, oh they're oh they're own two the same old saints but it turns out they're just playing good teams um so for me, the Seahawks and Texans make sense because the Seahawks have played two good defenses, I think, at least, in, um, and they're both on the road in the Broncos and the Bears. Now, I don't think those teams are great, but I think the defenses are good and, and they were bad spots. Week one in Denver is tough, and then week two on Monday Night Football in Chicago, and they could have won both of those games. Uh, and, and then, uh, of course, now I'm trying to blank, now I'm blanking on who Houston. Well, and Denver has the longest home opening streak yeah, exactly. in the NFL. It's because your opening game, you have to go to a mile high city. Uh, and playing their defense. Yeah, so everything you said, absolutely. Um, and then the Texans have lost to – oh, yeah, they, they played the Patriots in week one and only lost by seven points and then lost in Tennessee by three points. So they've been on the road twice as well. So it's like these two road games make it tough to start out and maybe disguise a team. I could see the Texans starting to get hot. They've got the Giants in week three, the Colts in week four, um, Cowboys in week five at home, and then the Bills in week six – and I think the the Jags and Texans, uh, Jags and Dolphins on a short week. I could just see, I could see the the Texans racking up to wins here over the next uh, month or so. And so I've got the Texans at number one and the Seahawks at number two. But we we agree on that order. Now, anything else you want to add about the, the crappy teams? Well, I'll throw two more things in sure. real quick. Uh, the Raiders, they're my third ranked team, probably a little bit higher than you had them. And the reason I like them is just because. We've seen them play what you're saying, two good teams. The Rams are good. The Broncos are good. And the other part of that is that they've dominated the first half of both of those games. I mean, mm -hmm. if you would have asked me after the first half of the Rams game uh, who was the better team, I would have said the Raiders because they absolutely dominated. Same thing against the Broncos. They just haven't played a full game. The Raiders have been outscored by 36 points in the second half total this year. Okay? No other team wow. in the NFL has been – even outscored by 25 points. So that's the crazy. Raiders haven't just been like horrible in the second half. It's been atrocious. It's not even close. No other team has been that bad. Uh, and then the Seahawks, here's my favorite stat ever. They're playing at home this week, and they have never lost a September home game under Pete Carroll. Wow. I, I, I love the Seahawks this week, minus one and a half uh, right now against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are overrated, and they're going to be in for a, a – a, a tough test once they get into Seattle. That's a great stat. I might bet Seattle right now. Oh, that line. <laughs> See that line. Get, get on FanDuel. Yeah, that's right. FanDuel.com. Um, so people, if you're listening to this podcast, you should, uh, it's moved to one and a half. 
Time to go ahead and, and, uh, and hit that Seattle bet. Go ahead and bet on Seattle minus one and a half before it moves. All right, let's talk about the two and O teams. There are seven two and O teams. We're going to rank these from most likely to make the playoffs to least likely to make the playoffs, right? Like, cause if you're two and O, you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination. Um, my number one is pretty easy because I think they're the most balanced team. They haven't played the best opponents. We'll find out a lot about them in the L.A. on L.A. battle. They're favored by seven points against the Chargers. The Los Angeles Rams, a trustworthy playoff contender in a questionable division with a great defense, very strong defensive line, not great linebackers, great cornerbacks, good running game, and a very nice passing game as well. They're my easy number one, John. Brenton, shockingly, I I don't have the same team at the top as you. I have... The Jacksonville wow. Jaguars. Good job, uh, Johnny. I'll tell you, man. Here's the thing is that I think, and, you know, obviously I think the Rams are good, but I have Jacksonville there because I feel like they've beaten the Patriots. They dominated the Patriots. I think the Patriots are a top five team, and that game wasn't even close. Yep. Uh, the Giants game was a little closer, but it's an open on the road. Those are always tough. And so, you know, I, I do think the Rams are well-rounded. But just you put the Jaguars defense against anyone and people are going to have a tough time scoring. And so I think the Jags are a 1,000 trillion percent. I don't know if that's a number. Lock for the playoffs. I don't even have the Jaguars number two. You know why? Because wow. I'm spiting the Jaguars. Give me the Chiefs, baby. Pat Mahomes and uh, and the high-flying Chiefs offense. Purely out of spite for Jacksonville because Jacksonville fans were mean to me on Twitter when I questioned Blake Bortles, and I'm surprised they haven't come back at me. Uh, I, I do think the Jaguars are more balanced, and I am I understand the concern about the Chiefs defense. I think that the Chiefs defense can get better, though. They're missing Eric Berry. They haven't, you know, like the, the, it, we thought this was going to be a questionable unit to begin with, but it's oftentimes hard to tell how good a team's defense is when they have a high-flying, high-scoring offense. So in my mind, the Chiefs right now can outscore anybody in football, and I think that they could put up points on the Jaguars. I know the Jaguars are good, but I think the Chiefs could uh, could hang with them. We'll find out. They play in about a month. That's going to be an exciting game. It's on CBS Sports. Can't wait to see that. Who's your number two? My number two is also the Chiefs. We're on the same page wow. with this one. It is. I mean, the offense. Why are you spiting the Rams? Fireworks. Oh, <laughs> the Rams keep on. I'm gonna get the hate mail from LA. That's why I moved out of Southern California. I can't can't take it there anymore. Can't cheer for their teams. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gonna get the same hate mail you got from Jacksonville. Here's the thing about the Chiefs. Everything you just said. The offense just looks like they can outscore every single team. But I do love their upcoming schedule because I think we're really gonna find out if they're any good. You know, the Steelers are in complete disarray. So although I was impressed with that win, I wasn't shocked. You know, like I picked them to win. It wasn't that surprising. The Chargers game, both of those were on the road, which was big. But now in four of their next five games, or three of their next four games, are Broncos, Jaguars, Patriots. Mm. And so I think right there, and then and then you're, you're talking about their defense. Can they stop the 49ers offense? So if Jimmy Garoppolo shreds them on Sunday, maybe they fall a little bit. But yeah, I think right now we're on the same page. Yeah, o- over-under is 56 and a half for the, for the 49ers Chiefs. I and mean, that is a... Huge number. I, I tend to think that it's going to go over. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't. I, maybe it goes under. I, I just don't see how those two teams don't manage to score sixty points. Um, having said that, I don't really want to bet on the over at fifty six and a half because that's a huge number. If it's fifty three and a half, I'd be fine with it, right? And they, they'd crush it at like seventy points. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we are going to see a wake up call for Patrick Mahomes in terms of his stats coming down after they play the Forty ers 
Broncos, Jaguars, Patriots, as you mentioned. That is not a great setup. At three, I will finally concede that the Jaguars are a decent team, and I will put them as my number three, two and O oh team. Blake Bortles look great. I still think he's hit or miss. You don't know what you're going to get week to week, but he's playing really well. They didn't need Leonard Fournette to beat the Patriots, and that defense did its job against Tom Brady and really pressured him, and they are a team that's built to beat the Pats, and they now have the head-to-head tiebreaker on them to get the number one seed. If they can do that and the, and, the, and the Pats have to go through Jacksonville to make the Super Bowl, that is a big, big advantage. So Jaguars number three for me. Uh, and finally, at my third spot, just like Brinson showing his respect for Jacksonville, I've got the Rams. <laughs> I couldn't drop them any lower than that. Uh, They're my top NFC team. Let's look at the bright spot there. Uh, The one thing that does scare me about the Rams is, and really why they're third instead of first, is that I think if you put Jared Goff against uh, a defense like Jacksonville's, he would have a brain aneurysm trying to figure out what to do. Uh, You know, Sean McVay. Sean! Sean! (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I think would happen. It would get ugly, and so... Uh, you know, I need to see Jared Goff beat a couple good defenses before I'm sold on what the Rams can do. But, you know, they're good. There's no disputing that. And I do think they'll absolutely make the playoffs in the NFC. Only 17th in terms of rushing defense in DVOA. It's only two weeks in, so it's small sample size. They're number three overall, the Rams are, in, in, in DVOA defense. Third against the pass. Um, and uh, But 17th against the run. That could be an Achilles heel. I think you could see... Teams with decent run games run against them. I, I would be interested. The Chargers have a, the best offensive line they've had in a while with Phillip Rivers. I think that they can protect Phillip Rivers and run with Melvin Gordon if he's healthy. I think that's an interesting matchup to watch in week three. I bet, John, that we have the same team at number four. It's the mighty Hootay Cincinnati Bengals. Dude, of course. Yeah. I was going to put it at number one, but I didn't want to be too much of a homer. I've been way too I much, thought right? You, I, yeah, I thought you might put them in top three. One, no, one would have been ridiculous. Yeah, one would have been ridiculous. Um, you called the Bengals over as a lock bet. It was like six and a half. Um, you said the Bengals would make the playoffs as a lock bet before the season. I hope that people listen to you because when you look at their schedule, they're already 2-0. and They're on the road for the next two weeks with the, the Panthers and the Falcons. But those are winnable games against banged-up NFC South teams. Then they get the Dolphins, Steelers at home. Then at the Chiefs and the Buccaneers at home. And so, I mean, I don't think they're going to be, I don't know, I don't think they're going to be eight and oh through that stretch, but I certainly think they could be no worse than four and four, right? Like, I don't think they're going to go, uh, you know, two and four in that stretch. I, I think that you're looking at a team that, that, that is good, that's balanced. Um, they need Joe Mixon back, but they signed Thomas Rawls. So you got that going for you. Giovanni Bernard can, can put some, uh, can, can put the reps in. I think people sort of dismiss Gio, but he's a very good player, a very good running back. A.J. Green, of course, Tyler Eifert's there. The offensive line looks improved. Defensively, they're very good. And so I think that you could see them go, over those next three games, go 4-2 and two or 3-3. Three and three. And if you took the over, you're feeling great, and you're still feeling good about them getting in the playoffs, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think 3-3 three and three is probably worst-case scenario for those next mm-hmm. six games. And if they do that, you're sitting at 5-3 and three at the halfway point of the season, and the rest of your division is uh the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just a walking soap opera. There's something new every week. If it's not Le'Veon Bell making a rat video at a bar in Miami on Sunday night instead of you know paying attention to the Steelers or Antonio Brown threatening reporters – not skipping practice, throwing tantrums. I mean, it's just something new all the time. So you don't know what mindset the Steelers have. That team could go 
uh, four and 12 or 12 and four at this point. And it wouldn't surprise me because they're just in such disarray. And then the Ravens, you know, the Bengals dismantled them on national television. <laughs> so I think right now they're the best team in that division. So if I had to redo those odds, you know, I think I didn't think the Bengals were going to win the division. I thought they'd get in as a wild card, but now I feel like they are the best team in that division after two weeks. And they're plus 375, so that's still pretty good money in terms of being able to bet on the Bengals. To it's, win the division? Yeah. Well, no, no, not right now they're not, but you know they, oh, yeah, they yeah. were before. It's, and so that that would have been a pretty good value. Um, that's my son has returned for, again, somehow. He keeps escaping Robbie's, my wife's He's got on his green shirt. He's a Jets fan um, tonight. Um, yes, he does. So, uh, at number five, we're um, at number five, sorry, we have the Dolphins. Uh, I got the Dolphins at number five. I think their defense is better than people think. And their offense is, uh, is actually surprisingly interesting in terms of, well, it's not interesting. It's like boring, but they have Danny Mandola. They have Kenny Stills to stretch the field. They have, uh, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. They got some spice there. Yeah. Yeah. I think. We flipped our Florida teams. I don't have the Dolphins. I have the Buccaneers at number wow. five. Uh, here's the thing is that I, you've been getting crap from people from Jacksonville. I, there must have been a memo in the city of Tampa Bay to tweet me over the past two weeks because I've been picking against the Buccaneers. I thought they would be the worst team in football. They weren't. Uh, here's what I'll say, though, is that they're good, but I don't think they're great. We've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick play for the past 13 years, and what does he do? You know, like he gets on the mm. field. He wows us for three games, and then he goes back in the toilet. So that's coming the next two or three weeks. There's going to be a quarterback controversy. So I think they've peaked. They're going to go downhill. Uh, maybe I should have put the Dolphins ahead of them, but Bucks ahead. <laughs> I, yeah, that's fine. The Buc- look, I actually had the Buccaneers last because I think that they've got <laughs> – well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think that they've got a situation coming. I, I don't know. Maybe the Broncos can be worse than the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers have a tougher schedule – like you said, they got Ryan Fitz, they got Jameis there as a backup. I just believe in the Broncos defense more. I don't think the Buccaneers offense is sustainable, even with those, all those weapons. They got a controversy coming, uh, with, with Jameis. And, and so I would take the Broncos slightly over the Buccaneers, but I think both are a lit, uh, I would take the Buccaneers, the Broncos is more likely to make the playoffs. I would take the Buccaneers as more likely to stay undefeated. How about that? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the long-term, man, long-term investment. That's the Broncos yeah. uh, and, and the AFC, which is a much easier conference, I think we can agree. The Buccaneers would have to make the playoffs in the NFC, which doesn't seem likely. And also, you know, the thing about the Broncos is a, a, a great defense is always going to keep you in a game, which is huge when you have, uh, I think, two of their next four games are against the Chiefs and the Rams, which, you know, on paper it seems like those are pretty locks to be losses. And you're saying, hey, the Broncos are going to lose soon, but they're going to make the playoffs. So, I, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. All right. But if Case Keenum, if that knee thing, if his knee injury that kept him out of practice on Wednesday, if that's serious, you know, is Chad Kelly taking him to the playoffs? No, he's not. If that if that happens, I will bump the Buccaneers over the Broncos, and I will do it quickly. Okay. Uh, what else we got, John? Anything else that we need to talk about? I think we covered basically all of it. Catch you long enough. You got, you got your wife's out of the house. You need to go catch up on Ozark or something like that. I feel like we should give a shout-out to the entire state of Florida for somehow being undefeated. Shout out to the state of Florida. Shout out to, uh, to, to my, shout out to your wife, Rachel, for letting you podcast. Shout out to my son for coming into the podcast twice. Apologies for that. Apologies for being too lazy to edit it out. You can subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. Tune in. Follow John Breach at John Breach on Twitter. Follow me at Will Brinson. We'll talk to you Friday for a pick show. Thanks, John.